It all started when a young buck named No Brains, No Headache Podcast, episode 22, coming at you. It is October 15th, 2020. I'm your host, Jordan, and Matthew, my co-host, is going to join me as always shortly. On today's show, we have the host of Stranger Nags Podcast, Riley Nagel. He's going to join us for a No Brains investigation into American Murder, The Family Next Door on Netflix. He's also going to sit down for Olympics of sitcoms. And then Matt and I are going to get into Cleary's comments, followed by Mini Helmet Fantasy Football. We have a lot to unpack, so let's get into it. Okay. Let's party. We now welcome on college friend of mine, Riley Nagel, hailing out of Billings, Montana, where he is a TV reporter, host of Stranger Nags podcast, where he talks movies, TV, and just about anything you can watch. Here he is, Riley Nagel. Stranger Nags podcast. How did it start? How's it going? How's the new job? What's life like now for Nagel? The old Rye Nags. Yeah, it um it's going pretty good. I don't know how you guys do with like motivating getting like writing episodes and like trying to keep things unique and it can be a lot of work, you know, putting together an episode, so I think I've learned that through the process. Um, it kind of started, I think I'd wanted to start a podcast for a while. The past couple of years was trying to brainstorm ideas, coming up with something unique, which I feel like I ultimately didn't kind of re- reviewing movies is something pretty basic, but I just need to start doing something. And I thought it almost be a bit therapeutic to kind of just get my thoughts out there and to just talk. I don't know if it's the same for you guys, but it's almost like, you know, once a week, write your thoughts down. And I think that's kind of good too. But you know, wanted to start it as a hobby, was interested in like talk show, radio talk shows, even though those can be a little bit confining and, and, um, you know, podcasts, I think are a good realm to, you know, have like genuine and earnest conversations with people and thoughts. And I was really interested in that. So I wanted to, to get a part of something like that. So it's been fun. And, um, and then, yeah, I started a new career too this past year. I've been, I started as a, or I got a job as a TV news reporter and that kind of just came out of left field for me. So that's been fascinating, but also extremely, extremely um, stressful. It is like the most stressful job I've ever had in my entire life. So it's been a lot going on this past year, but it's been, it's been fun. That's for sure. Weren't you like a phi ed major at you, Mary? Yeah, I was trying that for a little bit. Not not on um, physical education specifically, but I was going to go. I was thinking about being a teacher, thinking about being a coach because that's what my dad did. Um, I tried to be like a rad tech for a little bit because my brothers did that too. I couldn't come up with like a unique idea of what I wanted to do. I just kept like changing careers and listening to whatever anyone would tell me to do. So I didn't I didn't have much direction when I first went to college. That's for sure. Did you graduate from you, Mary? No, I didn't. I went there for four years, wrestled, and then I was like pretty much done. I didn't know what I wanted to do because I was basically failing out of the education system. And so I stopped going to school, moved to Billings, got a job at UPS, started going back to school when I realized I wanted to go in a broadcasting direction. So I went and started taking a bunch of mass communication classes, public speaking classes, um, media arts kind of classes um learning about i had a couple classes where we talk about pop culture movies i got to spend an entire semester analyzing and breaking down the film fight club which is my favorite film of all time so i think you know kind of went in that direction that probably helped me realize realize i wanted to just talk about movies all the time because i just love movies so it's all kind of coming together a little bit so you're like me little crazy, very weird. You have to kind of hide yes, it when, would, you, when you first meet people. Do you ever mm-hmm. find yourself coming out of that shell during a, like a like when you're reporting? Mm, interesting. You know, I feel like I've thought about this where I just get like such tunnel vision when I'm reporting where I'm like the difference between being just like, you know, unprofessional and professional when you're at work or not, but it's, it's to a, 
a bigger degree because I'm just like almost not even human when I'm talking to people. I'm just so like, I need to get there. I need to ask them a specific question. I need to almost get a specific response from them. So very like 90% of the time I'll show up and I'm like asking questions and I'm like, not even like listening to the person. I'm like, Oh my God, I feel it's a lot of the time when I am reporting, but then every once in a while I'll meet someone who's really charismatic, goofy, kind of like me. And I'll start talking with them and it brings out, you know, more of my real personality. But to be honest, I definitely feel like I hold back a lot. I, I don't. And then me and you do have very similar personalities where we have a different kind of sense of humor. Not everyone's gonna, you know, find us funny probably. And some people think we're a little bit weird. And I think that kind of keeps me from like coming out of my shell at work too. You know, not, I just like struggled to like be a hundred percent professional and, and uh, I don't want to creep anyone out at work, you know? Yeah. So it's, I feel like we definitely have to, I toe that line constantly. I'm the same way. This podcast is like my release from it because I go absolutely 180 from work. Even at work, I'm around my coworkers. I'm freaking bath salt crazy, but just the podcast is something that gives relief to it. But the reason we brought you on was to review American murder. Oh yeah. What is it? American murder, a family next door. American Murder, The Family Next Door on Netflix. Yeah. And I know you have a movie podcast and reviews TV shows. So I was like, let's bring in Riley. This could be a good segment. Unless this goes bad, then friendship over. Might see you down the road. <laughs> yeah. So It happens. <laughs> well, let's just get right into it. Uh, you did an episode on your podcast about this already, didn't you? Yeah, I, I think I was pretty much inspired um, after you had asked me to come on to talk about this. And I just watched it, I think, probably the night before. And I was like, yeah, you know what? I think since I'm going to go on there, I'll probably just review it on my podcast, too, because I've done documentaries before. So I did. I, uh, I talk about it probably maybe for like 10 minutes or maybe a little less. But it's 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 a... I think it's actually kind of a different kind of crime show because I don't want to, um, you know, if people haven't listened to it, I feel like I almost give a little bit of a spoiler on my perspective on the show. But I think it was such a high profile case. Everyone, I don't know if everyone already heard about this when it came out, but I was like, oh, I recognize that guy. I know that story. That that was messed up. That was like the reason I was so drawn to watch it because I was like, how did this guy murder his whole family? How does that happen? So I think that was the big draw. I just needed to know. And then the first half of the documentary, that's my entire thought. I'm like, what, what has driven this guy to do this? How it, you see the Facebook posts throughout the movie and the perspective of like how, how happy the family seems to be. And I think that is like the big driving question and the big draw to the, to the documentary is what went wrong? What drives this, this family to fall apart? They seems so seemingly like the family next door, the perfect family that, something you know that's the big draw i think i was like what happened yep just a little baseline for our listeners this happened back in august of 2018 his name was chris watts his wife named shanann watts and then they had two little girls uh cecile i can't remember the other one and then at the time of the murder uh surprise surprise he did it we spoil that right away uh at the time of the murder shanann watts was pregnant so Technically, oh, yeah. technically three kids there. Um, so I just, the first thought I had when Matt and I, we rewatched it last night, so we've each watched it twice now. Most underrated witness that they didn't question, Dieter the dog. I mean, if you just ask the dog, the little wiener dog, what happened, he'd probably mm -hmm. mess up right there. Also, I was thinking about this last night. some serious shit. So I was cooking a ham, which is... The Odd thing to say, but classic man. Yeah, I was cooking a ham last night, so I was up and down watching it a little bit. Who do you think adopt that dog? You ever think they're like, hey, you remember that American murder on Netflix? I got the dog. <laughs> yeah, I, I think there's probably some psychopaths out there that maybe really want that kind of memorabilia. The people that like collect Nazi stuff, you know who think it's just for the fun of it when they re <clears throat> in reality, I think it's just because they support that kind of stuff. 
I don't know what it is, but every single interview we have, somehow either Jewish people or Nazis come up. Every single And it's one. no coincidence, Matt, because you did this all the time in college. And I, we would say, like, Matt, what is your problem with Jewish people? And you'd be like, don't even call them that. They're the Jews. And I say, Matt, <laughs> please dial it back a little bit. I just don't know. So, yeah, I understand. This isn't this is no coincidence. I know you, Matt. Yeah. Matt has a sweet tooth for bad jokes involving uh, Jewish <laughs> people and their religion. And every interview we do is just like a layup for Matt just to like. Well, I like look at Jordan and he's just like, don't, don't, don't say it. Don't say anything. No, sensitivity was never your strong point. That's for sure. Also, okay. Speaking of memorabilia, their house right now is for sale and no one will buy it. And I can't figure out why. Uh, Type in the American murder in YouTube. And there's a bunch of paranormal videos that I watched last night. I lost a little sleep. So that's why they're not selling. Uh, eight bedrooms, four baths in that neighborhood. The market is saturated with those homes. Yeah, you, you're missing out if you're not if you're not considering it. I would say, I mean, the little girls weren't even killed in the house, so I don't know what people are scared about. You know, I don't think there's really anything like haunted in there or anything. Okay, well, back to the backstory of it, Shanann, R.I.P. But she was way too invested in social media and very yeah. needy. And clearly involved mm-hmm. in a pyramid scheme. Wait, well, I missed that part. What's the pyramid scheme? It's called like Thrive something. It's it's a bandage you put on your skin that helps you lose weight. And so I went down a rabbit hole of reading into that. And of the company, 99.7 of their employees, it's like Mary Kay. You sell, you want to get people on mm-hmm. you. Yeah, Matt, we know what a pyramid scheme is. <laughs> I, I like the 99.7 no i get it man I, I like to think of i want to get a good idea of these other pyramid schemes i just hate i feel like i hate seeing people get involved in this kind of stuff and then somehow it works out for them too and they'll get like a fancy car and they look super wealthy so i was looking at this family i'm like how are they doing so well what do they do they're, they're all they that were, stupid pyramid scheme. yeah they were 400k in debt also her friend oh my god this was before Shanann got her new job with the pyramid scheme, but her friend who worked for the same company was not skinny. How do you no. how do you market that product to people when you're pushing three bills? Yeah, I hypocrisy. When I did a little reading last night, I read that she made around twenty six thousand dollars annually and homeboy uh murderers row he made around sixty seven thousand and annually working for his oil company so so they're having a modest living they're doing okay i don't know man that was um i guess they looked kind of well off and they looked really pretty happy i did hear about them being in debt but well i mean i don't know they look like the perfect family from the outside when did you i know you knew about it beforehand but so for us i had listened to crime junkie uh, you know the podcast i had listened to it like a couple years ago and so i knew about it but i just couldn't pinpoint it so i was watching it like for the first time and then found out like yeah chris watts was a murderer i think i found it out relatively early just because he was a such a weird dude did you notice that when you're watching mm-hmm. it like could you tell that was there a point that he seemed yeah where you were like yeah this guy is definitely guilty yeah i i mean i would say it's when he gets back you know and you just see him for the first time interacting with the neighbors and the uh the the, the cops already there and i mean even there's his friend after he leaves is like man he does not look like he's acting right i mean he never acts like this I mean, even before that, you can tell he's just shifting around. He's tr- you can see he's trying to act normal. And again, I think that's actually what I thought was fascinating watching this compared to other crime shows is sometimes you're not really sure until the end what kind of happened or who did it. But I was watching it and I'm like, this guy, I mean, he, you can just see in his eyes, you can see he's trying to act normal. And I think that was the, what I was drawn to. And I could see it right away. I, uh, but I did, you know, I knew it going in. Because I'm sure I'd probably seen it on some Daily Mail article or whatever. And I'd seen this guy murder his family. But yeah, he looked guilty right away. But he had that sort of guilty, 
you know, he thought he was going to get away with it too. It, the, the thing, the, the fact that he thought he could get away with it, you know, as long as he just kept his mouth shut and acted concerned. Well, he did a terrible You guys ever job. see that movie? Did you guys ever see that movie with Ben Affleck where he's getting like framed for murdering his wife or whatever? Gone Girl, I think. Yeah. Death Race. And he, yeah, he, he has a scene where he's getting like interviewed by the, the news media and he just looks super cold. Like he just could not care at all. I just got big vibes like that when he gets interviewed by the news station. I'm like, boy, this guy is a monster. Pearl Harbor. He does not have, you know, he doesn't care. That's the new Batman, isn't it? With Ben Affleck? Ben Affleck? Well, he was. He was Batman in, like, Batman vs. Superman. Goodwill Hunting. And then he... What are you talking about? <laughs> We're just saying Ben Affleck movies, hoping to hit. <laughs> no, I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, the Chris Watts. Dude, Ben Affleck, like he's the same as Batman. Affleck. Batman, I know that. Yeah, he... Uh, he looked cold and uh, heartless in that news interview, old Chris Watts. Yeah, I so I watched it for the first time super raw. I, you know, yeah, I raw dog this the nice. first time. You know, if I did hear yeah. of it in the past, it didn't register in my subconscious. So, right, the first time I started watching it, I really didn't know, like, who it was necessarily. I had a hunch it was him, but I knew he was guilty uh, when the questioning started. Not not the mm-hmm. uh, polygraph test, but right when he went into that room and they start showing the camera angle from the top corner of the room. Uh, once he's like went in there, I was like, okay, it's definitely this guy. It's pretty clear and obvious. And then you get down to the bottom of it shortly after. And one thing that yeah. he stood out to me is he kept uh, pointing out his own flaws, his own cover-up flaws. So, for example, mm-hmm. he said he said it had to be someone close to her. So him, <laughs> he there was right. he said there was no sign of struggle or anything broken, which he didn't do, and that's just his own flaw. Mm-hmm. And he also yeah, said, said he also said she had no guys or gals that she would leave him for. So it's just like okay, you just kind of mapped it out that you did it. At least that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. He didn't like lean into like saying like maybe she left me. We've been having some issues. Yeah, or make up he a was, name, like, say, like, up. Roger, that guy's pretty buff, and she's got a sweet tooth for him. Like, make something up. Don't just go along with it. Like, also, And I feel like he had it kind of planned out a little bit that he was going to do this. Um, so, yeah, I'm wondering, like, why didn't he have, like, a better plan for post-murdering his family? Like, um, I've seen on a lot of videos after this that I've been watching saying, like, um, apparently he was, um, you know, trying to sell his house immediately after this and was like doing all these preparations. No, for, it like, was actually what you before would do. he was trying, he contacted a realtor the day before and he called before his kids were dead to whatever the opposite of enrolled D enrolled un unenrolled their kids in school. Take your kids out of school. I don't know. Yeah, he just made it look so obvious. Yeah. Also, his girlfriend totally (laughs) had something to do with it. No, yeah. I feel like I'm not sure why the documentary didn't look into that more, but she definitely influenced him. I'm not sure what to degree, but I was watching another YouTube video that was breaking down some of the sketchy things that she did. It was, you know, apparently... um, like erased all these text messages between her and um, Chris erased messages with her and her friends where they talked about Chris um, was like looking up, Googling things like how did a certain person that was like a mistress in a similar situation like this, that like wrote a book and made money off of it. And it how was much, like, how what is much, her, how much money did she make off the book? Like was the exact thing she Googled before they were mm-hmm. murdered? How, yeah she is not connected and then recently there was like a supposed gay lover that came out sending text messages this was like a couple days ago that he was posting text message that he had with chris but i think it's a complete sham but the girlfriend Mm. definitely had something to do with it and the fact that she just got off scot-free i don't think the boyfriend's a sham if he knew there was a chance he's going to prison he was probably just practicing yeah that's true facts right there 
Olympics of sitcoms this week. Uh, do you know how it works, Riley? Yeah, I do. Um, do we start with um, ones that didn't make the list, ones we don't like, or we do that after? Uh, that's right away. So did not qualify. Let me pull up my list. I have a list here too somewhere. Yeah, so again, I didn't hear you. What did you say we start out with? Uh, did not qualifies. So the countries that suck, that don't get into the Olympics, that's the equivalent of the sitcoms that suck, that don't get into the Olympics. So how I'm understanding the ones that didn't make the list are ones that are shitty, right? Absolutely. So I, I was trying to find a good balance of like something that I really hate that I feel like is still kind of popular. Yep. Um, which is Home Improvement with Tim Allen. And I'm not really sure why people like Home Improvement or Tim Allen in general. Any sitcom with Tim Allen, really. I feel like he keeps busting them out. And I don't like his humor. I don't like Jonathan Taylor Thomas. I don't like hearing, you know, I just don't get it. I don't like, I don't like uh, home improvement. Yeah. That's one of them. That one I'm neutral about. Um, One of mine, actually both mine that did not qualify. No, one of them I grouped it into two is big bang theory and young and young Sheldon two wildly popular ones. I just never got on board with and like in Mm -hmm. big, big bang theory. Why don't they just fix the elevator that's in their apartment building? It's broken for like 12 yeah. seasons. I don't get it. No, you could easily fix that. My didn't qualify the Cosby show. Do I need to explain more? Let's get on to lost yeah. in the metal round. So my lost in the metal round, Brooklyn nine, nine. I started watching it when it came out. I just think it's the funniest show ever. I'm one. I haven't of the, given a chance. Either. It, I'm one of the religious, religious followers of it. I just think it's a good show. Riley, who do you got for your loss in the middle round? I even struggled to narrow it down to um, losing in the metal round. I, I think I'm going to go with um, that 70s show. Uh, I, I, I have a lot of affection for that show. It tampers off later in the seasons when like Ash and Kutcher's leaving and they bring in other characters. But first few seasons of that 70s show are fantastic. I love that's some solid rewatchable stuff right there. My lost in the metal round is The Office. Uh, could be a lot higher if everyone and their dog didn't watch it because I'm not a conformist. Mm-hmm. But in the case of Michael Scott, I'll make an exception. Also, the theme song could use some work. And by work, I mean about a thousand less decibels. It is the loudest I'm thing. Similar feelings there. I always fall asleep with it, and then it comes on, and I like, wake up and look around. <laughs> yeah, my, I agree with that. My bronze medal is Silicon Valley. Oh, I didn't thought about that. That's a fantastic show. Yeah. Excuse me. I love Silicon Valley. It's, it's just such a good show, top to bottom. When mm-hmm. they lost, uh, I can't remember the guy who plays Ehrlich in the later season. It was still watchable. It was, wasn't as good. Yeah. But right. the whole premise of it is hilarious. No, I do love that show. I think that's it's over now, but I think it's probably one of the better sitcoms that was on in like the 2010s. Who do you got for your uh, bronze? my bronze? I got uh, Malcolm in the Middle. Um, I think this was very different for the time when it came out. There was like no sitcoms that looked like this. You know, they did like typical studio shots, but this was like. I don't know. I love that house that they show throughout the entire series. I also think it's extremely relatable. I have three older brothers and I kind of feel like the Dewey of my family sometimes. Um, but you know, I kind of like that, like lower middle class. It is, it's very like realistic with some of the uh, stories they choose to sort of tackle um, kind of grounded in like relatable family stuff. And uh, also a star-cutted, star-studded cast for the time, kind of before Brian Cranston became absolutely huge from Breaking Bad. And, you know, that was, that was a great cast, great show. Um, I love that one. Also, just thinking about it now, in Malcolm in the Middle, the theme song that they have, isn't, her name's Lois, right? Or, yeah, the mom. Yeah, is shaving Brian Cranston's, Cranston's balls in the kitchen? In the theme yeah. song. That's all I really remember about Malcolm in the Middle. Jordan, who do you got? I here, think it is. I think 
I can't remember if that's in every season, but definitely a big in my brain. I feel like I see that scene constantly. So it must be like a reoccurring on their theme song. Yep. Frankie Munez before yeah. his prime. My bronze was even Stevens. I watched it all the time Damn. as a kid. And it's really good to see that Shia LaBeouf grew up to be a model, a citizen. So that's yeah, how. I was always rooting for him. I'm glad he got a lot of success, but he's had uh, some ups and downs, that guy. Yeah, that guy is definitely just a roller coaster of emotion. Mm-hmm. My silver medal is The Office, most rewatchable show in history. Mm-hmm. I, I find things, I've probably watched it front to back 10 times or more, and I still find things that I didn't catch times before that I just find comically hilarious yeah agreed okay my bronze or not my bronze my silver right yep i got a community i discovered this a few years ago it took me a while to get on board um it looked from the outside perspective looking in like a very generic sitcom um i didn't really like joel McHale, who's like one of the main characters um, but it's created by Dan Harmon, who is one of the co-creators for Rick and Morty. And you can you can see his like style of humor in community. Uh, very, if you give it a chance, it is a different kind of sitcom. They have a lot of bottle episodes where like, they just like keep things pretty contained. And sometimes their story arcs don't continue from every episode. So it, it almost seems kind of like a cartoon style thing where, you know, they almost reset every episode and it just is like wackiness constantly. But I love the cast. I even like Joel McHale after watching this show. So anyone hasn't seen Community, it is fantastic. I love that show. That's actually a very good pick. I most recently started watching that in the last couple of weeks and it is a very good show. So, um, Oh, so good. What do you think about the later seasons though? Because I lost interest after like four seasons. You know, definitely, I want to say the first three or four are the strongest. And I'm not sure what season, but I'm pretty sure Dan Harmon, like one season basically wasn't even involved. And that's, pro- I think that's five or whatever. You can just tell five and six, um, take a little bit of a hit. This is one of those shows where like some of their bigger stars didn't stick around. Like Donald Glover, I think, leaves eventually. Um and there's a couple other main star main cast members that end up leaving and it kind of hurts the chemistry and i think the writing room changed a lot but the first four seasons are solid i think the whole series is solid but you can tell something's going on in the in the background and production wise in those later seasons my silver round of olympics of sitcoms i went with cheers It's an all-time classic about a bar, and yes, I have actually watched it. I'm not just putting this on my list for clout. Uh, (laughs) Norm is the man, and also the mailman is the man. I've never seen a single episode of Cheers. Oh, You're really missing out, guys. It's an all-time classic. You could even talk to your parents about it and have a little bonding over that if you want uh, but if you, I hate talking to my parents, okay, then don't watch it. <laughs> don't do that. So my gold medal is Scrubs. Scrubs, oh, yeah. is top to bottom the funniest show in my humor range that I can think of. It's every character, every season. I even like the medical school season at the end with Dave Franco. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I don't mind it. Hardcore. Like, I I am all in. I listen to Zach Braff and Donald Faison's podcast religiously. Even though Zach Braff is just a huge lib. Is there something wrong with that, Matt? Uh, yeah, Jordan, <laughs> Jordan's a big Nancy Pelosi guy. What? <laughs> Who do you I'm not, I don't about? know. I don't know. Hey, I don't like. I don't Nancy even know enough Pelosi. about politics to understand why people don't like Nancy Pelosi. So <laughs> she scares me. <laughs> Riley, who do you got for your gold? Okay, so uh, Jordan, you can call me a sellout, and I felt like a sellout choosing this. I figured we'd all probably have it somewhere on our list. Um, I chose The Office. 
couldn't shy away from it because it is my favorite sitcom of all time. It has a gi- gigantic influence on just like my sense of humor in general. I, I wish I was Michael Scott. And I don't know. I, I agree with Jordan where like I got so irritated when it kind of blew up to the point where like hot girls on like Snapchat are like, oh, I'm just watching The Office, just like trying to get that clout. Like I'm cool. I'm grounded. You know, I watch what everyone else watch. It's just like I remember when The Office, when I was in high school and I'd watch it every single week when new episodes are coming out and people thought it was dumb. You know, there was a time when not everyone thought The Office was cool. And um, but it was um, I know Jordan last week or the week before was talking about Dumb and Dumber and was saying like um, how you rewatch it and you pick something up new every single time. And that is the same as Matt. I've seen the seasons probably 10 times through and every time I'm laughing harder and I'm picking up something new every time. I couldn't think of an example, but I swear there is so many, so many small little jokes thrown in constantly that you just can't pick up, you know? And you, I, you, no one's brain is fast enough to pick up all the jokes in the office. And I have a new like favorite character every time I watch it. Like the last mm-hmm. time I'm rewatching it now, Andy Bernard is far and above my favorite character. I hate his story arc at the end, though. Like that's another show where you know a lot of things change in the last couple well, seasons, and I get irritated with Andy's story arc in the last two seasons. Oh, well, he got so famous, you had to take time off. Jordan, let's get to your gold. All right, my gold, and I didn't really even consider it a sitcom until I started doing research to get the brain juices flowing. I went with Entourage. Entourage. Next. Vince, <laughs> Vince and his Office posse right. of Johnny Drama, Turtle, E, and of course, my favorite, Ari. Um, Entourage, you're never, ever, ever going to have another show like it. If you go back and watch their, especially their early seasons, and especially when Gay Lloyd joins the cast, uh, you will never hear those jokes ever again. Ever. Ever again. I don't know if I can be clearer. The jokes on the entourage will never, ever be written in a sitcom ever again. So that's why I like it. And it's just a great show. So I've never seen Entourage. Jesus a- Christ. Actually, podcast I- over. I did. Let's I stop did. the podcast <laughs> until Matt watches. I watched one episode... And from what I saw, I wouldn't think it's a sitcom. But if you did research and it is a sitcom, I would I would throw it in there. I'd agree. Okay, I I I mean, I was falling asleep when I watched one episode. All I know is that uh, the chick in there is probably one of the most attractive chicks I've ever seen in my entire life. The chick in there might have to be a little more specific, but I know who you're talking about. She is fantastic. Yeah, come on, Matt. Don't. Patronize me, the bad guy here. <laughs> All right, Riley, thanks for coming on. We got to get to some other yeah. stuff. Hey, Riley, before you go, where can people find Stranger Negs podcast? Okay, I do. I'm gonna have to ask you after this how you get your podcast on so many avenues because I've only been able to figure out Spotify so far. Um, you can search Stranger Negs podcast on Spotify. Um, I'll kind of specify how to spell Nags, N-A-G-E-S. I think people get confused on how to spell Stranger Nags podcast. I also have my website, so strangernagspodcast.com. You can go find it there. And then I'm on a couple social medias, um, Instagram, same thing, Stranger Nags, Facebook. And, yeah, go check it out. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Riley. Appreciate it. It's an honor, man. You guys are hilarious. So I was, I had a lot of fun. Matt, some people say actions speak louder than words. I don't really know how that applies. Let's get into Cleary's comments. Dak Prescott may be dead. At least the cartilage around his ankle. Uh, So I was laying in bed, grossly hungover on Sunday, watching games checking fantasy football, and you text me, Dak, something, and I tune into my Yahoo app that has live feed of a game, and I listen to Tony Romo say, hoping it's a cramp, before they replay it for me that just came in. His ankle went sideways. 90-degree angle could look around a corner. The worst part about all of it, and 
big ups to Dak about this. He was literally trying to put his ankle back into place. I don't know if you saw that. Is this the circle of life in the NFL, Matt? I hate to get off subject here, but is this the circle of life? Alex Smith happens to him about two years ago. He comes back on the field. The football gods say, time to sacrifice another. Boop, Dak. Yeah, usually it. I, I think you might be right because usually it's like a little guy that, like the Bills returner, that he was like a backup, backup tight end, broke his neck and then started walking again. You got Ryan Shazier, Alex Smith, you, you, Marshawn Lattimore did it in college. Like you got a lot of those guys, but Dak is one that I hate to see because Dak is so likable. He's one of those guys that I've been on board. I didn't think he was a good quarterback until this year. I'll be honest. But I like Dak's character. I thought he was a Tim Tebow in college. He's a good quarterback. I feel bad for him. His ankle's absolutely disgusting. I haven't been that grossed out since Kevin Ware snapped his leg in half against Duke. Yeah, it probably doesn't help that Dak plays for the Cowboys, and they are just notoriously hated. So, But I like Dak. He was on... Pace to have a wonderful season. Speaking of the Sunshine State, Georgia quarterback, your Bulldogs, he says in an interview after the game, yeah, we played well. I think we covered the spread. Can you imagine the compliance officer at Georgia is like, oh, another football game in the books. Let me just uh, relax on the old lazy boy. Nope. Post-game interview. What? Says that, and he's like, well, I got to type out something that there was a spread in the locker room or... Yeah. Also, hats off to that guy. That you're a Georgia fan, I'm jealous. Yeah, he's uh, pretty good. Georgia seems to keep having this problem where they have too many good quarterbacks. Uh, The funny thing is they were down at halftime, and then they shut out them in in the second half, so... Yeah, they, de- they definitely cover the spread. I can answer the question for you. I think we should touch on the classic situation that you and I discussed earlier this week. And by earlier this week, I mean yesterday. And that's running into someone you've known in the past, whether it's high school or a coworker. You see them in public and you just don't care to see them, let alone talk to them. I had a situation the other day. I was getting a little lunch, went to a little sandwich shop, picked up a sandwich. No free ads. And somebody stared me down until they called out my name, and I just didn't really appreciate it. Needless to say, I won't be going back to that sandwich shop anytime soon. They do the classic, I almost didn't recognize you. Yeah, I was kind of hoping you wouldn't. Take that to the next level, Matt. They ask, what have you been up to lately? Well, I haven't been working at Jimmy John's, so who really gives a shit? Solution? Yell, my name is Jeff, and sprint away as fast as possible. I thought about doing that on a work call today. It was longer than like 10 minutes, so I lost interest. And I was just going to be like, yeah, and hang up. Apparently that gets you in hot water. So tell us about your awkward situations in public. You can find us on social media Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at NBNHpod. I actually have one that happened about a year ago. So I was actually in a grocery store, saw a high school classmate that I did not want to talk to, and I had a bucket, a basket full of things. I just put it down and walked out the door, and I have not been back to that store. That's what happens when you see the old high schoolers or the old coworkers that you just don't care to see. Mine was so weird, so weird because I could sense this person staring at me for a good minute, and I'm just like, "Don't look! Don't look! Don't!" Did you look. sense it, or did you know he was staring at you too? It was both. I could uh. see it in my peripherals and had the sixth sense that somebody was staring at me, and I'm like, "Don't." Don't do it. And I wasn't going to give in. I was going to grab my sandwich and get on with my day. Nope, they had the audacity to call me by my name. Also, this person doesn't know how to make sandwiches, so good for them. I'm glad the uh, high school education really panned out for them. 
So Notre Dame, I want to pivot back. I don't know if you saw the picture of their lineman they had. His eye got swollen shut, and he played the second half like that. Like a cyclops just running around. I don't know if you've ever, like, covered one eye. It's impossible to walk. I wear my glasses, and I fall down half the flight of stairs I walk down. Matt, you get nervous when you talk to anybody over six feet tall, so that does not surprise me. Because they're giants. You're the one wearing a yellow lab t-shirt. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm just pointing it out to our listeners. Why Why? Why did you say it like that, then? Naga, naga, naga not going to work here. Anymore. I love sayings or phrases that when used, you know someone is angry and someone else may or may not have done messed up. Example, are you blind? Matt, have you ever heard anyone ever ask someone sincerely and seriously if they are clinically blind? No. You're either a referee of some sort or someone on the receiving end of verbal abuse. Abuse. Are you blind? I think there's that rare exception where some guy asks it and the guy is actually blind and then they can't say it for the rest of their life. The day that that happens to either yourself or myself, we will stop giving blind people the short end of the stick. No pun intended. Speaking of sticks, I think the U.S. presidency presidency should be solved by athletics. Who's the coolest kid in class? The kid that can run the fastest. 40-yard dash between Joe Biden and Donald Trump Trump would be an absolute barn burner. Like for the presidency? Yes. Or a decathlon like they did in Billy Madison. I mean, granted, they only did one athletic thing, and the guy showed his balls, and then he brought a shoe out of water. But other than that, I think that would be awesome. Fastest kid wins. You could have it with, hypothetically, everyone around the world. I'm so confused. We went from presidency (laughs) to balls to shoes and water. I have no clue. What what are we talking about? I I pivoted quick to Billy Madison, but... Matt, are you uh, in second grade basketball and learning how to pivot for the first time? Because you pivot a lot. ADHD. Joe Biden and Donald Trump are running a 40-yard dash. Yeah, I don't want to risk the freedom of America on a 40-yard dash, but I still think Donald Trump would win. Yeah, I think... How many injuries would come from that, though, if they went full bore and went 40-yard dash? I don't know, maybe COVID, but as long as they wear their masks, you know, they should be good. Mask up. Matt, how'd your Panthers do this week? We won again. I hate to say it, Christian McCaffrey is very good, but is Mike Davis a system quarterback? Is the system built for it? Teddy Bridgewater is an all-star. Mike Davis is competing or contributing. Is he competing for quarterback or for running back? Running back. But he's contributing so much that they keep winning. And this is why I'm convinced the Panthers are the best coach team in the NFL. No other team has less talent and is winning as much as they are. Bar none. Hey, old Teddy, watch out. Non-contact knee injuries are a real doozy. I don't know what the update is on our Teddy versus Kirk bet. I think Teddy is winning yards and QBR. Kirk is winning passing touchdowns with eight, which brings me to my next point. The Minnesota Vikings have fallen to one in four on the season after a heartbreaking loss to the Seattle Seahawks and Russell Wilson at the helm. Um, not good. One and four is not great. I thought the Vikings would be around three and two. Even two and three would be better, but the NFL almost doesn't count you lose, you lose, and you just got to move on with it. Uh, but I'm, I'm not going to give up on the Vikings until there's nine losses in the loss column because I just don't think you're out of it. The Vikings could be if they start winning, and they could start with Sunday against the Falcons, the winless and coachless Falcons for that matter, and general managerless Falcons. 
they could start this Sunday, they're winning. But if they do get back and somehow make the playoffs as a wild card team, I think they could be a scrappy wild card team because they don't have anything to lose. If they come back this season and are able to make it into the playoffs somehow, that in itself is a very good feat. And I'm just going to keep referring to my point over and over until people commemorate me for it. It wasn't the right season for the Vikings to have a record 15 draft picks with no preseason and COVID. If you look, the Vikings have two very young cornerbacks with a lot of potential and a lot of talent. But Mike Zimmer is a guru with these quarterbacks, but that usually takes a year or two. So they're just getting thrown into the lion's den. I've always considered the Vikings to have a short window to win a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins just because finding a decent quarterback in the NFL just seems to be such a hard task to accomplish. Depending on how the defensive players are coming back next year, I think the Vikings might be okay if they don't make the playoffs this year. It's not looking very likely. Um, I think they'll be okay going forward. It's just it's just gut-wrenching that year after year after year after year, like, I'm so hungry for a Super Bowl that now we're sitting at one and four, and it's just like, holy fuck, this is a huge hole to dig out of. I'm hoping that they don't go seven and nine just because having 14, 15 overall in the draft, yeah, it's better than later on, but it's just like if you don't get a top 10, you might as well just move back and stack up picks. They don't have a second-round draft pick next year thanks to Unique and Gawkway. So... I guess the future is still bright, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, This season may not pan out how we want. It's not over yet, but it's not looking so great. The future, not so dark. Mini Helmet Fantasy Football. How did Week 5 end up, Matt? Um, I took it 3-2 in favor of myself. Uh. Nick Foles beat Blake Bortles because he didn't play. I drafted Kenny Galladay, who had a bye week. And our tight ends had basically the Special Olympics of tight ends, and I won that one. You're saying you won the Special Olympics. Is that what I just heard that came out of your mouth? Well, be a proctologist because I just put my foot in my own mouth. So I lost 3-2, to two, but Matt is sacrificing himself and taking the shot for me. Matt, what did I draw? Alpine Blue Vodka. It has mountains on it, so you know it's good. So from now on, we're going to take bye weeks into consideration. Matt says the vodka tastes worse than Kharkov. Hopefully your quarterback is a lot better. Week 6, underway. My quarterback... Ryan Fitzpatrick of the Miami Dolphins. Dude, he's on fire right now. I'd he be, is, I'd he, be, I'd be, definite wagon. I'd be stoked with that pick. My quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals, number one overall pick and Heisman winner, Joe Burrow. Running for his life. I feel so bad for him because he's such a good quarterback. My running back pick. David's Johnson from the Houston Texans. I got to say the name first. I'll get better at that. My running back pick for week six of mini helmet fantasy football. I drew drew the New England Patriots with the orange face mask. Yeah, I saw the orange face mask and I was like, Um, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go Rex Burkhead. He's due to have just like a 50 pointer out of of the blue and then get benched next week. Yeah, out of the 60. Wait, aren't they on bye? Thank God it is not sex about Rex Burkhead. I was kidding. He's not going to have a good week. My running back from the Dallas Cowboys. Ezekiel Elliott. And you know he's going to have a wagon of a game after Dak's ankle. You mean the Red Rockets not going to have a wagon of a game at quarterback? My wide receiver from the Chicago Bears, Allen Robinson. Good pick, good pick. I'm just drunk enough this week that I might say a name that's a basketball player, so... My wide receiver from the Detroit Lions... I'm going to go with Kenny G. I picked him last week. Didn't have a great week on the bye week, surprisingly. 
my tight end. This is where things get shaky from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Do you have any idea? Julius Thomas. Hasn't played there since 2016. So he's a maybe. I feel like they have a Notre Dame tight end. Tyler Eifert. Yeah. Give me a... I couldn't tell you any more tight ends than that. Yeah, give me Tyler Eifert from the University of Notre Dame. My tight end pick is going to be the Seattle Seahawks. You got to... I will go with Will Disley. Not third leg Greg Olson? No. Or Jacob Hollister? No. Will Disley. My flex from my Carolina Panthers, give me Robbie Anderson. Yes, Robbie Anderson. I love it. Bobby. All right, my flex pick and final pick from the Bills. I'm going to go with Stephon Diggs. There we have it. We'll tell you the results next week. Quick addendum, my tight end is actually on a bye, so I get a pick again. That one's on me. I had it up in front of me. My tight end from the Tennessee Titans, I will go with Jonu Smith. He is a wagon. Now there we have it. That's our show for this week. Thank you so much for listening. As always, you can find us on social media. We have Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at NBNHpod. You can also listen on other platforms, including Apple, Spotify, Anchor, and several more. Stick with us. Looking forward, we are having a soccer watch party. I don't know much about soccer, so I can't really elaborate more. We're also going to do a Halloween giveaway down the road. As far as the guest next week, I haven't penciled him in for sure. But if he does commit, he is an interesting man who has traveled the world and fishes for a living. So that's exciting. You don't take care of yourself now, you hear? Why did you bring up that? That was the dumbest fucking idea I've ever heard. <laughs> That's a good idea. That's just a dumb idea. Uh, this I'm so confused. They forgot Quinn Cook at the hotel. <laughs> <laughs>